Hi family, welcome back. Thank you for being here. So I actually planned on mashing Minimalism Monday and Healthy Hump Day together and then as I was writing it out, I realized I actually have two separate videos. So today we're gonna be doing Minimalism Monday and then stick around for part two, which is gonna be the Healthy Hump Day version or the elaboration of what we talk about today. So today, I wanna discuss how I reduce decision fatigue. And I'm gonna tell you how I'm going to reduce decision fatigue in the more dominant areas of my life. If you're not aware of what decision fatigue is, it's just the amount of decision making that we make. We have sort of an upper limit or capacity for it and it actually increases stress and reduces our ability to be creative or have the capacity in our minds. So reducing the amount of decisions we make on a day-to-day -day basis has been super, super valuable for me. So the best way to reduce decision fatigue is to, well, not make as many choices. I'm gonna share with you how I do this by starting with area number one. That is food and diet. So reducing decision fatigue in this area basically means that I don't sit in my kitchen every morning and ask myself, what do I eat, what do I eat, what do I eat? Before I go to bed the night before, I already know what I eat. In fact, I know what I'm going to eat for about the next month, a couple weeks to next month. And this is where I wanted to bring in Healthy Hump Day. And so for those of you guys that are interested in how I reduce decision fatigue in my food and my diet and how I put that all together, go ahead and make sure you hit subscribe if you haven't already and then check back here over the weekend for the next video. As many of you may already know, I try to eat mostly plant-based and as least amount of processed food when I'm being good about it. <laughs> and even if I do eat processed food, I try to stick with the healthier versions of it. And so it makes it really easy to go to the grocery store and head right to the produce aisle. This reduces a severe amount of decision fatigue because I'm not walking up and down every aisle trying to decide which things I may or may not wanna take home with me. Also doing things like creating grocery lists and knowing what it is that you want, pre-planning ahead, this helps a lot with the food and so number two area is clothes you guys have seen my closet a couple times you've watched me declutter it or reorganize it capsule the wardrobe as we like to call it and you'll notice that most of my clothes are mainly neutral colors this is just really helpful because I wake up in the morning and I grab the first thing that's on the rack and the first pair of shorts and I'm off to go the majority of my clothes are tank tops and shorts I only own maybe one t-shirt and one long sleeve and a few jackets and sweatshirts and that's about it. The cool thing for me is that I get a lot of awesome sponsored clothes that I get to wear for Instagram and for work. So I get to kind of express myself colorfully in that way. If I didn't do that for work, I'd probably incorporate a little more color like teal or pinks in my wardrobe. There was a time in my life where I used to try on several different outfits before I could decide which one I was gonna wear for the day. And gone are those days. There's nothing wrong with doing that, but I realized it just wasted a lot of time and energy for myself. So this is why I really enjoy the benefits of minimalism and having a capsuled wardrobe. Area number three is hobbies. This one's a really hard one for me because I just really enjoy anything and everything that I get involved in and I wanna do it all and I wanna learn it and master it. So it's really easy for me to not only spread myself so thin but to become a jack of all trades, master of none. So what I've decided was to take the top one or two hobbies in my life and that's the thing that I'm really focused on at any given point. So right now in Florida, I've taken on to yoga. I've finally got enrolled in teacher training, which is something that I've been wanting to continue and participate in for years. And I also have gotten to business and sort of that staging aspect. I've let you guys know in previous videos that because this is a furniture less house, then I've had to stage. And so it's been a really new thing 
for me having to stage and try to think about colors and matching. It's something I've never done before. And I also wanna give you guys a house tour, but I'm not even done yet. I actually got paint on my hand because I've been struggling with trying to spray paint and then stripping the furniture and then painting again. We're, we're trying to do like reclaim furniture, of course, as much as possible. We did buy some new furniture, but as much as possible reusing some furniture and I really suck at the painting process. So if you have any tips, let me know in the comments below. In Hawaii, I de definitely had a lot of yoga, but I liked to visit the ocean a lot. And at that point I had a piano, something that I sold in order to come here. And so I was doing a lot of piano on a regular basis. So I find that this is a really valuable way to approach hobbies because you get to dive deeper and sort of master the craft. And if you like to being a jack of all trades, master of none, that's completely fine too. I know I dabbled in a little bit of crochet before we left and that was fun while it lasted, but I didn't continue it on here. So it's always changing, always flowing. If you don't have an opportunity to do a hobby right now, there's always another opportunity for it at another time. And I like to flow a little bit more organically like that with what's in front of me. Area number four is really huge for me. It's super, super huge because I'm a business owner. I work from home and my kids are homeschooled. So I have a hundred thousand different things that I can do at any given moment in the day. It's really easy to walk out of the room and say, this floor needs to be swept, the laundry needs to be done, the dishes need to be cleaned. Oh, I wanna do this with the kids. They're playing a puzzle and get super distracted while having a load of work and a load of back-end stuff to do. And so it is super crucial for me to make sure I make task lists. I actually have my productivity planner here. You guys know I love doing this. In fact, I love the productivity planner when I started. Um, it says created by Intelligent Change. So I don't know what their website is, but I learned about this from a friend. And it was a really great way to start because they give you tasks and make you take a break every half an hour throughout your task. And you only get about five main tasks a day. And it was really great when I first started. And now I don't even really need to use it for that anymore. I know how to make lists and sort of do already what it teaches you to do because it becomes habitual over time. But I found it very, very helpful. So normally I schedule five main tasks every single day with the most priority or top priority at the top going down to the least priority. And that is the first thing that I focus on every single day outside of my schedule. My day is scheduled, so I wake up, have breakfast with the family, do homeschooling with the kids. They go out for their activity time or what we like to call activity exercise, that sort of thing, getting outside with dad. And that is the time that I come and get to work. So having a schedule, having a task list, and really just sticking to it, making this sort of your boss, saying if something comes up, I'm gonna write that down in a different task list or on a notes section, which I can get to later if it's something that is pertinent. But at the moment, the things that have been listed are the number one things that need to get done today and that's what I'm sticking to. And that really helps me reduce the amount of distraction and fatigue because then it gets super overwhelming if you get yourself into several different tasks and you're not completing any and now you're behind on the primary tasks that you need to complete for the day. Area number five was a hard one for me. It came with learning and employing people and just becoming so overwhelmed with things as a business owner that I actually had to accept and trust help and what that means is you want to kind of not just accept help but employ it if you must I really really believe in this it's really easy to do something up to a point but there is a maximum threshold unfortunately I have to sleep at night I only have 24 hours in a day just like you do so in order for me to be able to leverage my time I have to ask for help or employ it a quick example that I wanted to bring up in this region was when we 
we were moving here, Brett's mom was wanting to help. And one of the tasks that I employed her to do was to remove all of the kitchen items and bathroom items from the boxes and organize them into the rooms. Well, many people are like, oh, how am I gonna organize this? Or can you direct me? It wasn't about me directing her. It was really about me being able to help in other areas of the move. And so I told her, all you need to do is just place them where you would place them if it was your house. And that would be completely fine for me. And of course, at the end of the day, there were certain things that weren't placed where I would normally place them. But rather than standing there and having to make the decision for each item, if I were to open my drawer and ex expect Q-tips to be there and they weren't, all I would have to do was look at another drawer, find them, and then just move them there. And I use this sort of a method or approach when it comes to minimizing my house. Because we've been minimized for a while, it's there's a natural flow of decluttering that just happens just as you would take out the trash on a regular basis. So as we go throughout life, if we say finish a book that we're done reading, then that goes in the donation box where we could take it to the library or donate it to Goodwill or a school. And this goes for any of the day-to-day -day items that we might run into that we're no longer using or we're done using that would be better used being donated or repurposed. So last but not least, the area of choices. Of course, there are certain areas of life where you're going to have to make choices. When it came to staging this whole place, I had to make choices as to how I wanted that to look or what pieces of furniture I wanted to buy. And the best way that I did this in decreasing decision fatigue was to create a list of preferences. I had a price range, I had a budget, I had a certain look that I wanted. And you know, when it came to the desk, I wanted it to feel like Apple store white. So I went with the silvers and the chromes as well as super brilliant, brilliant white. This was a glossy piece of furniture and I wanted it to match and just look like kind of like you were in an Apple store. So I had a very specific look in my mind and I had a very specific price range and I was willing to do anything from repurposing furniture or buying a new piece in order to get what it is that I wanted for that commercial look. And so writing out the preferences beforehand makes it super easy rather than going into it like, oh, what are all my options? To have a vision in your mind or to have an expectation and then see what the options are that fit within those expectations and to really be patient about it. Of course, there are many, many different options out there now and especially with the internet, we have so many at our fingertips. Once I made a decision, there was no regret. I know we went to Costco the other day and Brett was like, oh, we should have gotten this table instead of this because the Costco table you could adjust to be a standing table. And I looked at it and I was like, you know what, it, it was really good. It had some USB plugs in the back and it you know, avoided having all the cords falling down behind a desk like I had this one. But it was more expensive than this one and it didn't have the chrome legs. It kind of looked just like a commercial. And so I said, you know what, no regrets. I'm happy with my decision and nothing's ever really always gonna be perfect. Even if it is perfect, it's not gonna stay perfect for very long. There's always something new and something more exciting that's coming out. So I try really hard to be happy with my purchase and if I notice something new that I like, I just think to myself, I'll keep that in mind for next time. So I hope this video has helped you guys in some areas of how you can reduce decision fatigue. Obviously it goes hand in hand with minimalism, adds a lot of value, but it also keeps you out of the uh, consumption over you know abundant mindset, which is like, well, let's see a hundred different things and then make 50 choices and then make 25 choices and then break it down to 10. It just makes it really easier to say, this is what I want. Everything falls in that category and to plan 
and stick to that plan, be it your food or your daily tasks or the hobbies that you want to take part in. So let me know what other areas you guys might incorporate this method in the comments below. If you like this video, I love hearing your thumbs ups and your feedback. Welcome to the family. If you're new and have just subscribed, remember stick around. I have a part two in which I break down how on a healthy hump day sort of level, I utilize this method of reducing decision fatigue for my food and my diet and how I approach it from that. And I really wanted to discuss this with you guys because food was something that has always stressed me out in the past and it took me a long time to realize how to not stress out about it. So I hope you guys like that and I hope you guys have been enjoying your week. Thank you so much for joining me here. I'll see you on the next video. Ciao.